your stewardship talk and the subject today is from willing to actual givers i am marcus bumfim i am Anil bob welcome back everyone okay uh, Anil, you mentioned recently that you're reading something very interesting about uh people that are willing to give but a great proportion is not actually giving and before you say something, I will add the, uh, um, an information I got some time ago that inside the Adventist Church, uh, we don't have people, too much people arguing against the doctrine of uh, spiritual giving. But even though they are not against that doctrine, uh, a significant proportion is actually not giving. So, how can we assist willing givers to become actual givers? Marcos, what you are saying is very interesting. We observe as stewardship educators, as pastors, as spiritual leaders, that there is too often a disconnect between the decision to give and the actual giving. I'm sure you have experienced that. You go in a place or you are a local church pastor, you preach a sermon about giving, generosity and faithfulness. You could feel that the people are in sync with you. They respond by saying, Amen, Hallelujah. They have understood the concept, as you just said, and they are much willing to partner with God. But the sad news is a large proportion do not follow through. And Recently, I came across a study that was not done only in, this, uh, in the church context, but it's about charities. Mm -hmm. People who want to give to charities, mm -hmm. they express their desire to give, mm -hmm. but at the end, they're not giving. Mm -hmm. And these researchers, they try to, uh, to investigate how this can change how this can improve. This research was done in Amsterdam, in the Netherlands, and they discovered something fantastic. Mm -hmm. And this is what I will share with you now, Marcos. Okay. That the firmer the pledge that people make to give, the more likely they will give. Okay, but what they mean when we say the firmer, what what is actually a firm pledge? Very interesting. What they mean by that is when we encourage, when we talk about giving, we don't expect, pe let us not expect people only to say, I will give, mm -hmm. but lead them to make a concrete decision. And they will go as far as to say, lead people to state, to mention an amount that they will give. This is what wow. they mean by a firm pledge. Yes. This is something new, something interesting, because sometimes we believe we need to respect people's individuality and don't um, um, meddle on their privacy and... I would not expect, I will expect uh, um, a statement like that to come from, a, from religious people, but not people from charity. And they are suggesting that 
we should invite people to to say what they are going to do with their giving. Is it right? Exactly, exactly. What what they have discovered, and they have even some figures that they are sharing that people who are only saying I will give mm-hmm. 23% will follow through and okay. give mm-hmm. but those who are making it pledge mm-hmm. predetermining the amount that they will give mm-hmm. deciding in advance and to use a word that is familiar in stewardship to make a promise <laughs> to make a promise and 36% will follow through with the promise and the pledge that they are making. Well, very interesting data. You know, uh, while you are talking, I am reminding myself the first time I made a pledge, mm-hmm. I made my promise. Mm-hmm. It was inside the church and the pastor said, the pastor gave us a piece of paper and a pen and then he said, write right now the percentage the spirit the holy spirit is impressing you to give don't leave the temple because without making that decision because now you are under the influence of the holy spirit uh, once you leave the temple you may decide no longer to 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 make that decision i mean and i was impressed by that i can decide under the influence of the holy spirit inside the temple but when I leave the temple, the church, maybe I will change my mind, right? How can we help people to keep their pledges even after they leave that moment, that glorious moment when the Holy Spirit speaks to, to, to their hearts? The question you are asking is very interesting. I believe that it has to do with the concept of moral cost. If people realize that they are not pledging to pay f- for the janitor of the church, mm-hmm. they are not pledging to uh, to pay the bills of the church, but this pledge is between them and the King of King and Lord of Lord. This pledge is uniting them to the plan of salvation this that God has established. This creates the moral cost of the pledge. And when people are fully convinced of that, this will help them to go through with what they have and promised. I believe, Anil, that this is the main difference between spiritual giving and donations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spiritual giving is something related to God himself mm-hmm. and not necessarily to the destination of what you are giving. Sometimes we invite people to give, motivating them by the destination that money or those resources will uh, will be given to. But what you are mentioning is so important. Because we are supposed to link their minds to God Himself, uh, they are giving. They are giving to God and not to the church. They are giving in the church, but they are giving to God actually. Right? You are so right, and I believe that we Christians, we stewardship educators, the moral cost is even higher than those secular fundraisers are attaching to the pledge. Because for us, the pledge is between God 
and the person. Yeah. The Savior and the person. And this is really binding. And you know, what kind of follow-up should we adopt uh, if we want to bring people from willing givers to actual givers? This is a very practical question. We need to keep talking about giving as regular as possible, preaching about generosity and faithfulness, but once in a while, I would say at least once a year, there should be a pledging or a commitment renewal ceremony, something mm -hmm. that is formal, where the church leader, the spiritual leader of the church is inviting the members to make a decision, to make a pledge. And this, and after the pledge, they pray about it with people holding their card probably in their hands, people signing, because the authors of the research, they mentioned that signing the pledge is, is very important. Signing it in the presence of God. This is something that will make a difference. And you know, I see when I am invited to do that ceremony, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's maybe some of the most difficult things mm -hmm. I have to do on my ministry on stewardship. Mm -hmm. And I realize that unless I recommit myself with God, mm -hmm. I am unable to talk and invite mm -hmm. others to mm -hmm. make a commitment with God. So it's a time for me as a stewardship educator, it's a time for reflection, for introspection, and praying to God and asking God about my own commitment. Lord, should I increase my percentage? Should I stay the same percentage? What do you think about what I am giving? And once I have that developed that intimacy with God and openness of heart, then I believe the Lord is able to use me to speak to others and to invite others to renew their commitments. And I would like to remind our hearers today that we have uh, available for free download the commitment cards in our website, in, in Adventist Stewardship uh, website, right? You're right. Uh, and before we, we finish our episode, I would like to mention what Ellen White says about that. In Concepts on Stewardship, page 310, she says, a church is responsible for the pledges of its individual members. If they see that there is a brother who is neglecting to fulfill his vows, they should labor with him kindly, but plainly. Interesting. How can we do that? I believe that visitation is... I know you love to visit, Daniel, and you love to speak about the importance of visitation. I, I, and then she says on the same uh, text, she says further, but in the same page, she says, God will have the members of his church consider their obligations to him as binding as their indebtedness to the merchant or the market. It's something serious. It's, it's very not serious. something light. And just to add something to it, Marcus, when you are reading that, this is reminding me of Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul, he wrote to the people in Corinth, and Paul would say, I will come and remind you about the promise that you have made. I will remind you about 
the pledge that you, you are making the pledge. You are deciding, but I will keep reminding you. And this is beautiful. And this is what should happen. Invite people to make the pledge and remind people about the pledge. And and then he says on Second Corinthians right, chapter nine, here. right? Yes. I am trying to find <laughs> here in order to mention. I am here already in in, in Second Corinthians, and he says uh, about giving. Verse seven, Second Corinthians mm-hmm. nine seven. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Mm-hmm. So there should be a purpose that there should be a proposal I must establish. And I believe that you mentioned, Eniel, in one of our conversations, that the researchers are even using this word a predetermined. You're right, predetermined. People who predetermine not just to give, but how much they will give. These are the people who are following through with their decision. Okay, thank you so much, Arnel, for bringing us uh, so uh, interesting news about how we can bring people from willing to actual givers. We would like to thank you for your audience, for being with us. We will come back again with our stewardship talk. Blessings next time.